Hello and welcome to another episode of Hank's Lot, the comprehensive and encyclopedic podcast examining the many films, chronologically, of Mr. Tom Hanks. I am Kent Shelton, your host, and joining me on tonight's podcast from Hollywood, California, is our resident film critic, Mr. Trace Oakley. Say hello, Trace. Hello, Trace. And from Seattle, Washington, is our musical director and the... Bert Bacharach of the Pike Street Market, Mr. Kevin Dennis. How are you, sir? Oh, sorry, I just got hit by a fish. I'm fine. No, I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> uh, you got to watch out for the fish, the Pike Street Market. They fling those things, and it's not just for tourists. It's because they only no, sell... they they're yeah, they're throwing them at me, and I live here. It's sad. They, o- they only sell bruised fish. People in Seattle <laughs> like bruised fish. <laughs> Uh, this yep, is a show. This is a show where every week we get together and ask the Lord's blessing, and we break bread, and uh, then we repair bread, and we talk about movies that Tom Hanks made, and we're doing them in order, uh, and uh, and because of that, we can't avoid any. And this this week we have marched right up to uh, to Tom Hanks's next movie in order, and it's a little movie called Every Time. We say goodbye, and uh, uh, and unfortunately, um, it, it 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 would be nice if it was his last movie he ever made because it would be appropriate. You say it, it has goodbye in it, but this is just the start of his career, and yet he's starting with goodbye. What is this guy crazy? Is this guy on drugs? No, this is a movie called Every Time We Say Goodbye. Um, it is a movie that I had never seen. Um, it's a very it's a very small. Uh, 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 a quiet and kind of a, a kind of unusual movie for Tom Hanks, um, and we all watched it, and we're going to tell you what we thought about it. Um, first of all, I want to say hello to my to my uh, co-hosts, uh, Trace. How are things in Hollywood, California? I understand that tonight you are recording from directly beneath the Hollywood sign. That is absolutely correct. Yes, right underneath the Hollywood sign, uh, one of the one of the last houses uh, before you. Go to the gate that where you can walk up to it. Well, very good. Uh, uh, what's more Hollywood than that? And Kevin, I understand. Well, maybe, tonight, maybe maybe bruised fish. I don't know. There you go. Uh, and Kevin, you are recording from the very top of the Space Needle tonight. Is that correct? You're you're right on top of the Space. Well, I'm actually I'm actually underneath it because I got hit by a fish and I'm a bit delusional right now. So I'm seeing several Space Needles and all of them are approaching my vein and it makes me uncomfortable quite frankly so and um, uh, uh, i'm recording from uh uh, cliffside studios here in spokane washington where fortunately we do not have a uh a a landmark that any of you would be familiar with so i I didn't have to go anywhere outside of my home i could or fish yeah Yeah. i could record right here at the studio the only fish i have are uh, i think i have i got a couple trout in the freezer uh, I, I, did, I did some good fishing last summer. But, Just go uh, whack yourself in the face with one and you'll feel right at home. You know, uh, uh, you're speaking my language. That's, uh, that, <laughs> that's what I usually do. We're going to start tonight's podcast, uh, as we often do, with a review of the movie. A movie that many of you uh, might not be familiar with. A movie called Every Time You Say Goodbye, starring uh, Tom Hanks. Trace, give us your review of this picture. 
You've just scored a box office and critical smash with a feature film comedy called Splash. It wasn't merely a hit. It basically saved a studio. As the lead actor in said blockbuster, you can write your ticket, right? Have your pick of projects. What was next for Tom Hanks? A Spielberg crowd pleaser? A Coppola epic? A Sidney Pollock drama? Another comedy, but this time with a master like Blake Edwards? Action adventure? Sci-fi? Horror? Fantasy? If you guessed a somber war romance set and made in Israel with a cast completely unknown to American audiences, you win a VHS copy of The Man with One Red Shoe. If you guessed the most expensive film in Israeli history and the lowest grossing film in Hank's history, let's take this opportunity to coin the phrase Hankstery, you win a laser disc of nothing in common. As Nancy Kerrigan once pleaded, why, why, why? The fledgling star may have pondered, what if I end up like Vic Morrow or John Eric Hexum dying on set? What if I end up like my old pal Peter Scolari playing second banana on a sitcom? What if I parlay my affable persona into a career in politics like Ronald Reagan? What if I become a bankable star and hit comedy after hit comedy? Hanks soon realized the answer to all of these questions was the same. Whether dead, washed up, pigeonholed, or the leader of the free world, the last dramatic role he had would be Mazes and Monsters. Sign here, Mr. Hanks. The film was Every Time We Say Goodbye, made in 1986, shot mostly in Israel, and featuring a mostly Israeli cast, plus a few Brits and Tom. It's an old-fashioned film, even by 1986 standards, portraying an unlikely wartime romance between an American fighter pilot, currently suited up for England, and a strong-willed young woman from a traditional Sephardic Jewish family. The time? World War II. Hanks is Lieutenant David Bradley, who, while recovering from a leg injury, meets Sarah, a beautiful, cerebral, and independent girl of Spanish-Jewish descent. In short, they fall in love, but both the war and family traditions thwart the pairing at every turn. Old-fashioned as it may be, every time we say goodbye is a touching look at how those two precious human staples, that patriotic pissing contest we proudly call war, and that bunch of people you have little choice but to hang with and obey, family, stand in the way of love and other beautiful and wonderful things. The film is nicely shot with thoughtful direction by Moshe Mizrahi. Hanks is quite good here. After his failure to find a balance in most earlier films between funny and annoying, likable and trying too hard, he seems assured and relaxed and is at times quite moving. One almost gets the sense he's better because he figured no one was watching. Christina Marsalak plays Sarah, and she is by turns powerful and heartbreaking. Both stars are outstanding and have great chemistry together. The entire ensemble cast is excellent. This is a film that leaves you hoping there's a soundtrack album. Sadly, there isn't one. The scoring is by Philippe Sardet, is gorgeous, and there are many wartime standards plucked from the Great American Songbook. It does seem a bit of a letdown that in a film with so many evocative tunes, the Cole Porter Torch song that shares the film's title is not heard. Probably a licensing issue. Still, the music strongly enhances an already lovely film. You don't have to be a completist like us to seek out and enjoy every time we say goodbye. My score, three hankies. I could not agree more. I had never, uh, I not only had I ever seen this movie, I don't think I'd ever heard of it. Uh, and I found it to be like a real, uh, a real buried treasure, a real delight. Uh, I thought that Tom Hanks was good. I, uh, I, especially in the early scenes, I didn't, I didn't buy him, uh, 
as a guy in the 40s. He seemed uh, thoroughly modern in a lot of ways. Uh, I think in, in one of his first conversations with his uh, British RAF flying friend, he's like, are you crazy, man? He, he, uh, he, he really, it's like, like, Dude, you don't have to marry a girl to shack up with her, bro. Uh, it, it, no, he didn't. Yeah, those weren't actual lines, right? Like, but he did seem a. Uh, he seemed thirty years ahead of a lot of the people in the cast uh, in in some of his his acting choices. But uh, I did believe that his emotions were genuine. Uh, I believed the relationship with he and Sarah. Um, I I loved the scenes that he had with their with the family, he, he gets, uh, he, he comes to have a, a, a big, uh, Jewish dinner on a Friday night with this huge extended Sephardic Jewish family who sees him as this Yankee interloper. Uh, and he manages to charm his way through the dinner like splendidly. Um, I really, I really enjoyed his performance. Uh, I really one thing that I have trouble with in a lot of romantic comedies is buying the relationship. And I really bought the relationship. Uh, I, other than Dario Argento's movie opera, I've never seen this actress and anything else, but she was outstanding in this movie. Yes, uh, really she was really, uh, she was restrained, but, uh, but completely genuine. Um, I loved uh, her her whole family. Uh, I I I thought it was so unusual to have a uh, a a World War II based movie that has absolutely no no combat, uh, no politics, and nothing on the front. This is all uh, just uh, downtime in the war. They're all just hanging out in Jerusalem waiting to be sent off on their next mission. Right, what's, next, what's on, the underlying on, tension of the On their next there. bombing run, that I any day the, the RAF could be asked to uh, to pull out. Um, I love because typically in movies, uh, Australians are always portrayed as the friendliest, most wonderful people in the world. <laughs> the only Australian in this movie gets a crutch broken over his head because he's a date rapist. Uh, and so I thought it was a movie full of crazy, unusual ideas that I hadn't seen before. Uh, and I, and I bought them all. I thought it was, I thought it was wonderfully done. And, uh, I, I enjoyed love the, uh, I enjoyed the outtake of the scene you just, you mentioned where he says, uh, you, you call that a crutch now, now no, that's, that's a crutch. That's a crutch. Yeah. Uh, and I also love that it's a movie that, that leaves, uh, the ending in a completely ambiguous way that the, uh, the your two main characters pledge uh, make a pledge to each other and you never have any opportunity to see uh, if that pledge is fulfilled and uh, I I love that because in in an American romantic comedy uh, it would end with a flash forward 40 years later mm -hmm. of them them in their apartment saying and that's how we met or you know or something it would it would have to pay off uh this movie two people say i love you and then one of them gets on an airplane and flies away uh and i've only seen that in one other movie and that's my favorite movie of all time casablanca uh, uh and it's uh, i thought it really worked i thought it worked on on every level i was really surprised 
this was one that I was kind of like saying, okay, well, I'm going to have to sit through some duds because I'm watching all the Tom <laughs> Hanks movies. But I, I really did enjoy it uh, a lot. And uh, Kevin, tell me what, what were your thoughts on uh, Every Time We Say Goodbye? I agree with Trace's uh, review completely and yours. It was, it was a marvelous find. It was just a, a full-on unexpected pleasure. I agree. I was looking at that going, ah, I'm going to watch a junky war romance. It was marvelous. It was just touching and marvelous all the way through, and the end was that perfect romance of everything's falling apart. There's no chance. We've both refused. And then she says, of course I'm going to wait for you and marry you. Of course that's what I'm going to do. And he's like, of course I'm going to come back. And So it was just absolutely delightful. I believe Trace's uh, uh, comments about the music were also spot on. It was all the things I was going to say. It was marvelous music, marvelous, uh, very well-placed, a perfect character to the movie. All the music was very, very appropriately placed. Uh, just lovely. It's strange that the Cole Porter song wasn't in there. Um, it's, you know, so... It's 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 boring podcast a little bit because it's like wow we all thought it was a really great movie and everybody should watch it you know yeah know. It's, it's funny we, we, none none of us can really put up our fists and fight on this one because well here, uh, here I'll um, I'll throw a little snag in um you're you wrong I tell you you're wrong <laughs> Kent you mentioned Casablanca it reminded me of another film that is one of my absolute favorite films of all time which is a, a French film called The Umbrellas of Cherbourg which is a uh, film that is entirely sung through in French. It's a beautiful looking film. It's a beautiful film. Um, but it also is another strongly anti-war film uh, and also one that, that does deal a little bit too with the, the, the way families can, can interfere with romance. Um, but again, a film that doesn't show any combat, you know, but, but you do get the sense of how it, how it destroys lives and loves. Okay, so um, so then I would go with that. If that's true, then I would go with it. Reminds me of a little romance. Oh, I love John that Keaton. Movie. Great, love. and and the same kind of a deal. The families are kind of against, or her family's against. And at the end, they do the big romantic gesture, but then we don't know what happens afterwards. There's no. Right. It's completely unresolved. No, so, no, no war, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I know how much you love the Umbrellas of Sherbert. Yeah, it's uh, it's a movie that uh, uh, I I think I I love the idea of the Umbrellas of Sherbert. I think it's just the colors that give me a headache. There's a lot of a lot of colors in that movie. Uh, it is a a, a very uh, you two are going off on your. You two, yeah. you two have this history. I have no idea what movie you're talking. I've never heard of that movie. I don't know. The Umbrellas of Sherberg. Uh, uh, Kevin, you, you should check it out because the the sure. music, and the so music, should our viewers, our listeners. I guess. Yeah, the, the the music is uh, uh, I will say is phenomenal, oh, yeah. uh, it, and it is uh, it's a lovely movie in its own right. Uh, but music by Michelle Legrand. Yeah, um, I would I would say that this this is a movie that you know I I don't know how it escaped my attention all these years uh other than uh, i'm sure uh it probably just was not released in my market because as yeah. far as I, as far as i know it is the only movie that has ever been uh the only major motion picture that's ever been produced where 75 percent of the dialogue is in a sephardic jew dialogue uh, or, or dialect uh a a strange mix of Spanish and Yiddish that is only spoken in Jerusalem. Uh, it's so the what, only, 
the only film I think that's ever been filmed primarily in that language. And there are there are long scenes. There are scenes yeah. twenty, thirty minutes long uh with her family and her mother and father where it's all spoken in, in that language. Um and I don't I don't think a Spanish speaking person would get all of it. Uh, uh, if they didn't rely on the subtitles, because well, so speaking is, they, on the, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Now finish. Well, so I'm speaking. I'm just curious about that because you're talking about that, and so that is a very good weave in the movie, is the juxtaposition of languages. So I'm curious. I'd, I've got mine. I'd like to hear what your guys is. What your favorite scene was in the movie? Because there's a lot to pick from. I'm just curious which one drew you guys. Uh. I will start off by saying I I I really think that the uh, there is a scene uh, after they've left the the wedding of her friend where mm-hmm. they are they're sort of walking around the city and uh, Tom oh, Hanks right. kind, of, kind of limping because his leg injury there and she at some point says like oh over there is the that is the 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 Tower of David, it's a very historic part of the city. Would you like to see it? And he's like, do I have to? Because he yeah. doesn't want to walk over there. And uh, she just sort of smiles, and all of a sudden, their relationship becomes 10 degrees warmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that she's she's feels like she's trying to be a tour guide, and then realizes she doesn't have to be. And that mm. he's, he's only walking around because he wants to walk around with her. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want to see yeah. the city. Yeah. He just wants to be with her. And I think it dawns on her uh, that he is a boy who likes her. A girl. And, wow, that's yeah. great. And I think that moment was really, really, uh, it's the kind of moment Touching. in a romantic comedy you don't see that often. And it yeah. really was, it was incredibly romantic to see, yeah. to have him express that and see her realize that that's why he's with her. That's great. What's yours, Trace? Well, there are a lot of great scenes. I think the one that stands out for me was a, a scene maybe about two-thirds of the way through the movie where where we see her telling her family that she wants to be with him. And and we don't just see the the objection. We see the nuances of each family member. We see those who just, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts, you cannot do this. And then her father, who is, is, is kind of saying, you know, you can't do this, but I, I'm, I'm okay if you break the rules. Um, and it's really, really interesting because, again, it's, it's not black and white. Even within the family, it's not black and white. Right. And I thought that was uh, one of just many, many wonderful nuances. Sure. I like, um, that's wonderful. I mean, uh, gosh, you guys, you guys both hit on two scenes that I also really enjoyed. And and, and I'm so glad I asked that question because that's really cool. This this movie has so many facets like that. Mine was the, the one where he said, can I come, you know, ask permission and come to your family and do whatever. And she kind of says no. And then he shows up with all the stuff, all the presents and says, can I court and all this. And he fails and they kick him out and he's but he's not deterred it's it's so he gets so rejected and it, all of it just is completely he's completely shut out and he's go and he just goes nope i'm not quitting i thought that was incredible i thought that was so cool and 
what a great directorial and writing choice and all of the acting and all the scenes you just talked about was just so much so powerful and good and what a gem and and, uh and you know uh uh despite all these heavy themes of the war and uh the uh the the clash of cultures and the 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 bigotry uh, uh between uh jews and gentiles and uh all of that none of that uh, uh none of that takes away from the fact that it is a really cute and lovely movie that uh, uh that you really you really like their romance you really enjoy the characters uh and the movie is is ultimately uh very very uplifting uh, uh, there's uh, and after nothing in common and and I really think that it's appropriately titled because almost every single scene of the movie is is them breaking yeah. up right yeah. Uh, yeah. almost in, every in single ways. every single uh, time they encounter each other they both sort of one or one of the two of them decides this isn't going to work don't don't talk to me again stay away because from they me don't, because they have <laughs> nothing in common goodbye this can't work <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this should have been called Nothing in Common. Exactly. Uh, the, I love uh, it. The, I love other it. Mov- the other movie should have been called uh, Every Time We See Your Foot, We Die a Little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Jazz does not cure diabetes. But none of us had seen this before, correct? No, correct. I, I had certainly yeah. had not. Now, my, I, I had never seen it before, but I came close to seeing it. Um, I think it was 1989. <laughs> I rented a bunch of movies, a bunch of VHS video cassettes from somewhere. And they accidentally put this movie into one of the boxes uh, that I rented, so I got this movie by mistake, but I never watched it until now. And well, I'm really glad I did. Well, very good. Well, I, 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 I'm glad that you, you finally got around to it. Uh, th- those people at the video store, you should send them a, a thank you note, except that now their video store is probably a, a, a T-Mobile store or something. Uh, <laughs> put, put a note the, on my neighborhood red box. <laughs> there are no more video stores. Um, well, this is the part of the show every week where we uh, uh, we uh, encourage you guys to reach out to us at uh, uh, hankspodcast at gmail.com with your thoughts. Uh, and we like to end the show every week with an original song by our uh, musical director, Mr. Kevin Dennis. Uh, Kevin, w- would you be so kind as to uh, as to give us your song for this week? Sure, here it comes. Well, well, before we do that, we want to tell you, <laughs> want to tell you what next week's movie is. Next week, we're going to be watching a uh, another real, real uh, heart jerking, uh, incredible, uh, incredible, tender and lovely yeah. film. Uh, I a cried. Rom- a romance like you've never seen before. Uh, it's a movie called Dragnet, starring Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd, uh, and boy. Uh, Bring your handkerchiefs along because this is a real, real tearjerker. It's a rough um, one. It's a rough yes, one. It is. Yeah. It is. All right. Well, I think, I'm, I think I'm finally getting the hang of this. So, what you're saying is that every time we say goodbye, we hear a song by Kevin. That's right. Every time we say goodbye, yes. uh, uh, Ke- Kevin dies a little because we, because we, we have nothing him, in common. We keep making him write songs, and I know and, you're alone. Well, it's a it's a real bachelor party for you to write these sure songs, is. and sort so of a, I uh, sort of a monsters and mazes <laughs> kind of experience yeah. makes right. a big splash with our customers. I'll tell you. All right, 
folks, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hanks a lot. Uh, we will see you next week with uh, uh, with our discussion of Dragnet. And until then, I'd like you to enjoy this little musical tribute to the movie every time we say goodbye. We'll see you next time on Hanks a lot. Jewish girl that does not want him He will be gone soon so there is no real future He asks permission to date and bring some yummy things He gets a yes from mom but not really He gets a no from the daughter but wistfully Really like each other, but aren't allowed to connect. She agrees to marry someone safe that she does not want. He says he will come back for her and they will be together. She says okay and chooses not to marry for safety. He says goodbye for the last time. Romeo and Juliet with a happy ending flies off into the sunset leaving the future This has been another episode of Hanks a Lot, the Tom Hanks podcast, recorded in Spokane, Washington at Cliffside Studios. Your hosts are Kent Shelton, Trace Oakley, and Kevin Dennis. If you've got comments, questions, or your own thoughts about the Tom Hanks filmography, please reach out to us at hankspodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. That's hankspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends, bring your sister, and we'll see you next time for Hanks a Lot.